Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. Hello friends and welcome to another edition of the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. I'm chatting with uh, my very good friend, former Royal Marines Oppo, Jeff Williams. Jeff served as a, a, a warrant officer in the Royal Marines. Very kindly been on the podcast before to tell us all about his Falklands experience. So I will put a link below if you haven't seen that one. But Jeff, we're here to talk about something that that uh, happens after our service, aren't we? It's this report by, is it the University of Manchester? Manchester, yeah. In, into veteran suicide. And it's, let's let's not mince our words, it's it's upset a lot of people. It has. Um, like I said to you, Chris, I mean, I think a lot of people are struggling out there. Um, and it wasn't what they were expecting to see. Uh, the, the findings are, are totally the reserve, uh, reverse of what we're experiencing in the front line. So to say we're disappointed was a, a massive opportunity lost. Um, and, you know, I'm having to deal now, or my team are having to deal with, and many other people, the aftermath of it. So, Jeff, can you just um, say a bit about... Um... Veterans United Against Suicide? Yeah, we, we started, well, I, I, I'm actually the, uh, the founder for what it's worth. Um, I, I recognised some six years ago that there was a problem um, and I'd completely missed it, if I'm, if I'm honest. Um, one of our brothers um, took his life and I was just shocked. And as you can probably remember from your service, Chris, it was something that was never happened. And all of a sudden, somebody, a Royal Marine had committed suicide. Um, and I was quite taken back by it. So I did a bit of backroom research and found out that it was a little bit more commonplace than I thought, especially in the aftermath of Afghanistan um, and the toil that that took out of our troops across the board. And uh, spoke to a few veterans friends and, and said, look, you know, what, what's going on? I, it, it seems like we've missed missed something here that's key uh, and really important to the veterans community. Uh, and on the back of that conversation, um, myself and Simon Marion uh, started Veterans United Against Suicide, and it's um, you know it's a group of people, like-minded people, that want the best for veterans and try and reduce the losses, which are astronomical. Um, we challenged the government. Um, to get their viewpoint on it and whether there were any statistics or anything that we could tap into. Uh, and the answer was we don't keep um, any statistics on veterans. They do on the serving, obviously, there's a report line there. But once you leave the military, as so many people will, will testify, um, you lose your identity somewhat and so many people slip through the net. And especially with the amount of people who are being exited from post-Afghanistan with mental health issues because, like I said, I think that war took an awful lot out of a lot of people and it wasn't acknowledged. And we as a government, as a country, um, were taken by surprise at the ferocity of the fighting. Obviously, the losses we, we incurred, 
Um, and not just the losses, you know, just traumatic events like your friend being shot or blown up. Um, you know, it, it's hard to bear. And on the back of that, I set up, uh, I, I think it was Gavin Williamson, actually. I said to him, like, you know, I can have these figures. He said, there aren't any, which I was shocked. I didn't know that. So I said to him, you've got no veterans figures. He said, no. I said, so how can you tell me that we are on par with the rest of the um, populace in the population in the UK? Mm. And what they're doing is they're just taking the serving and not the veterans. So I challenged him. He said it was too difficult to do. And he, he couldn't um, ask the, um, the coroners to actually record these figures. And I just said, why not? Simple enough. You know, everybody knows if a person's a veteran, it might be a few slip through the net. But generally speaking, the family know whether the person served or not. Their friends do. Um, and it, it wouldn't have anything to do with it. He just said it, it didn't exist or, you know, it was a figment of my imagination, basically, which I was really offended by. So we found ourselves um, without pop. Well, my statistics, no, let's go back a bit, sorry. With regards to the t- statistics, I challenged him and said, if you're not recording them, Gavin, then I'll record them. And my team of three started recording the veteran suicides. Um, and we were shocked at the numbers. For example, the first year, let me just check the figures, was 86 um, military people committed suicide. And I've got to be honest with you, it, I just couldn't believe it. Um, and it's been right about that figure for the past five years. And we've been tirelessly collecting, collating these figures, um, verifying them all, going to great lengths to speak to people to make sure that they're quantified. But what the government falls behind, Chris, without going off on a tangent, is because they're not recording them, they don't, it's not a problem. Um, and we all know, every, every single veteran that I speak to knows that there is a veteran and serving suicide problem but the government would not acknowledge it so i say we 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 started collecting them and we've continued to collect them since and they 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 see it as a thorn in the side it's not meant to hit them with it's a it's a reality pill this is the situation please do something about it you know are you saying that you're happy for us to lose 86 people a year um and not to be seen to be doing anything about it so that's why I set it up. Um, we've been helping people, signposting people in the right direction. And we've encouraged an awful lot of people to reach out. And also a lot of groups have, have started up on the back of us sticking our head above the parapet and saying, this isn't good enough. Yes, and we mustn't forget as well, Jeff, that um, we're not just talking suicide here, are we? We're, we're talking that veterans make up the biggest percentage of the homeless community. So how many have died on the streets or will do this winter? We're talking that veterans make up a significant uh, statistic in, in mental health. Yeah. Um, and also alcohol, you know, substance abuse, by yeah. which I include alcohol. It is a huge, uh, a huge issue. I think a couple of things I wanted to say, I heard after the Falklands conflict that more veterans committed suicide after the Falklands than were than were killed down there. Yep. So that I think that take should 
tell us all something about the nature of of conflict or the nature of war. And of course, you mentioned something about the lads in Afghanistan, and and uh, you know, one thing we have to acknowledge about the co- that conflict was the reasons that we went into it. Imagine giving your all in a conflict and losing your buddy, your best buddy, your oppo, your, your troop commander, what, and then going home and thinking, what the hell was all that about? You know, it's an added thing that I think is is putting pressure on the Afghanistan veterans. Not 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 all of them. Some won't be aware of the the precursors to that conflict, um, but I think that needs to be acknowledged. So this report, Jeff, what um, what was disappointing? I, I have read it by, or I've seen the the write up at least. What, what what do you feel was disappointing about it? So I, I think it's all completely opposite to what we were experiencing on the ground. Um, you know, to say that you're less likely to commit suicide if you're a youngster and and having served in a operational theatre. It, it just doesn't make any sense to anybody that's ever served or ever been in a, you know, in a in a, a, a war of, of sorts, uh, any conflict. Those people we're finding are at the top of the list. They are the ones that are struggling. You know, I'm, I'm talking to people that are in middle of treatment at the moment, and the only issue they've got are things like you've described. Um, their friends being blown up. The guilt that's attached to that, um, you know, people that they trained with, um, people that, you know, the bond is in, in the troop anyway, it, 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 it's, it's immense. Uh, and you're losing people. And then to hear that the, the deceit, that's what gets everybody. It's the deceit of everything. Now, the figures are one, incorrect. Two, to say, like I said, that a young person that has been in conflict is less likely to commit suicide, it is not giving out the right message. People are out there that are struggling, holding on to, holding on to life, speak to them every day, uh, and they're telling me this, you know, I'm making it up, um, and I just don't get why the government think it's appropriate to be deceitful about it. Why not? And people have said, you're naive, Jeff. If you think the government's going to be honest about it, well, I'm sorry. I think they should be honest about it because one of the things I've found over the last six years, which is the hardest thing to deal with, I've stuck on my own health, is the lack of awareness of civilians. You know, they're all rah, rah, rah when you come back and, oh, well done, boys, fantastic. And then, well, I'm only talking from the Falklands now, but I'm sure the Afghanistan guys... Uh, and the Iraqi guys and the rest of them feel exactly the same. It's it, it soon forgotten, Chris. And this was an opportunity, a lost opportunity, paid by the government, by the public purse, to say, no, here's the truth. Now let's put a programme together to rectify the problems that we've encountered. Because as you're probably aware, Chris, is that how many people no suffer with mental health issues. It was never a topic. What's changed? And we haven't changed with it. We haven't got, you know, Johnny Mercer spoke stuff about up, um, up Courage. For the record, I'm part of Up Courage. I've been involved in, in the Up Courage process. 
and they're underfunded. It's a postcode lottery. Depends where you live to what treatment you get. And his own people that he's talking so highly about, obviously to keep them motivated, are demotivated because they haven't got the facilities. They can't give the guys what they need because the, the you know the MOD basically just turned around to the NHS one day and went, it's your problem, get on with it. And they just can't cope with complexities of military grade PTSD. And I just, I, I just, because I keep saying, why can't you just be honest? Say it as it is, and then we can deal with it. But by by clouding it and, and turning it upside down and hiding behind a smokescreen, it's not doing anybody any favours. No, and when you consider that military personnel go through an intense period of indoctrination into the military identity, yeah. you know, I think uh, the, the wonderful Ben Griffin pointed this out. They don't say uh, you've just shot a 15-year-old Afghan through the head. They say, in training, I mean, they say targets will fall when hit. You know, it's and that intense identity, I'm a bootneck. I'm, you know, I'm REF Reg, whatever it might might be. That's 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 like the whole of your life while you serve. It's a big, big thing. Plus, you're looked after 24-7, you know, healthcare. Just as long as you turn up and say, yes, sir. That's the wrong arm, by the way, folks. Say, say yes, sir. Even when you don't mean it, no. jobs are good on you know. Well, put it this way, Chris. I mean, nine months to get a boot next through the machine. Yeah, and um, then just and to finish before I before I forget, Jeff, it, <laughs> which I, I'm tending to do in my old age. My point is, you then come out and you realise you don't have that identity anymore. You're no. you're Joe Civy, and nobody gives a shit. Most people I know don't even know, for example, who the Royal Marines are. They they say is that what is that the navy or something? Which yes, technically it is. But do you know what I mean? They they they, they have no idea, and that and that's fine. But you come out, you no longer have that support system, you no longer have that identity. Civvy Street is hard, as I found out. I've written three books about my challenges, um, and of course, what do you? You know, it's very tempting then to turn to the substances and the alcohol. And then, of course, um, and then, of course, you know, the missus ups and she's, honey, I can't take this anymore. I'm off with the kids to, to the mothers. Right. So you're on your own. Then the bills are coming in and you're just like, I, I, I'm not used to dealing with this shit, you know, and you can see how the spiral sets in. Definitely. In addition, I just want to say this. Civilians don't have to deal with the incredibly complex veterans community, which for the most part is filled with lovely people like yourself, Jeff, who wouldn't say a bad word about anybody. But we have to admit, not everyone's like that, are they? There's some very, very bitter, twisted egomaniacs. And I see some of the, the bile online that, for example, one Marine will say about another online during a mental health epidemic and veteran suicide, and we're wondering why we're losing people. It's, I think, all the forces need to look inside, and it needs to become a part of our ethos. You never slag off a fellow veteran. Doesn't matter what, if you ain't got something good to say, shut the 
hell up. Um, So the notion having with what I've just said that, that we're no more at risk than a, than a, you know, a premiership footballer is, it doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense at all. And you say Johnny Mercer was behind the commissioning of this report. Yeah. Johnny Mercer, um, he, he, uh, start, he, he, he sent the report up. He asked for the information, um, and he since since it's come back. I mean, he's been their champion of of promoting it because you know what Johnny Mercer's like. Every opportunity he gets in front of a camera, you know, he takes that opportunity to the full. Um, and there's lots of things he's championing at the moment. And again, I'm not slagging Johnny Mercer off. Um, I think I said to you before we started, Chris, that the thing I feel I feel for Johnny Mercer. I've offered him my assistance, which is immense. I have been in the front line for six years now, and I've offered him my support and my help, and he's refused to even contact me, um, which I find unbelievable. He surrounds himself with people that will toe the party line and not actually say the truth. But the, the thing that I feel for him is he's treading a very thin line. He has to be supportive of the system. Um, but he wants to be seen as everybody's friend as well on the veteran side, and it's an impossible, it's a possible tightrope to to cross. Um, and, and I think he gets no support from his colleagues in the house. Um, there's so many veterans. I, I had a list actually of all the veterans that actually are in the house, and it's it's quite quite surprising. It, it's, it's it's over twenty, maybe thirty. Why aren't all those people saying? Johnny, we're on your side. We'll help you push these things through. But one man's voice in that house shouting the veterans' cause, and on many occasions he said, quote, we have, this house has let the veterans down. He's actually said it. So he knows, but the rest of them... Let's be honest, that house has let the military down over the last 20 years. We all know that. Yeah. Did you feel that Johnny had a vested interest in the report coming out this way? He's actually stated it after the report, Chris, to be fair. Um, you know, that this is what they expected to find and all the rest of it. Um, no acknowledgement that first, I, I mentioned it actually, but the report only, only, only got dated up to 2018, which by coincidence is when we started our, our figures. So we've got comprehensive figures from 2018. So the report is out of date to start off with. It's unbelievably out of date. Um, and we're going to use that as a baseline to start, you know, five years, six years behind beyond where we actually are. Why, why, why not go right up to the end? Why not go up to this year if you're going to do it? But I think the interesting thing is how they came across the figures, Chris, because um newspaper friend of mine who I work quite closely with um actually approached the MOD with a shed load of questions because as soon as I read it I went that's absolutely ridiculous I, I, I was shocked um and he took a lot of questions that I raised to to the MOD um and demanded answers they bounced him off they they, they wouldn't commit but they said that um if you went to the veterans um, minister's office, then they might be able to help. And to be fair, they did. Um, I was told basically to back off, uh, give Johnny Mercer a chance. 
And I said, um, you, you got me wrong. I'm not sniping at Johnny Mercer. I'm saying that report is not worth the paper it's written on. No, uh, I mean, have we got to remember that this covers his time in office, doesn't it? You know, the, uh, peri- the period with, I mean, the, yes. la- the last, I know he was an Afghanistan veteran himself, wasn't he? He was. So, but, but the last 10 years when he's been in Parliament, or, or uh, don't quote me on the the exact time, but he was Minister for Veterans. He so, was so it, it, I'm just trying to think what the, the, what the slant on or the pressure on this report court could be. Would he want it to come out that during his time as Veterans Minister, a significant percentage more veterans committed suicide than civilians, or would he want to hide that? I, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm just raising it because you know it's an adult debate. I'm not accusing him of anything. But, no. but we, we, but, but this is the shenanigans that we know goes on in the, you know, in the, in the halls of power. I read. I read in that report they said they said they're not at um, any more likelihood of substance and you know drinking substance abuse than the general public. Well, again, I find that knowing the drinking culture in the military, which apparently is tapered off now. Apparently, young men um, don't go out anymore. They sit in on their Xbox, you know, which is not like not like our day. Where you went out, <laughs> yeah. As soon, as, you know, as soon as you fell out, you you went down Union Street. But again, that seems a bit suspicious, doesn't it? That um... what I meant to mention, Chris, was the, how they come across the figures, how they actually came to those figures, because that's what that's the information that came back from uh, the Veterans Ministry, uh, and that was how they did it, which is biggest belief to be honest with you i'll say that stuff before i start is they sent to the university a database of every single person that had served during the period of that report so you'd have been on there and i'd have been on there and they got those names then they went to the coroners and said to the coroners right how many suicides and if your name appeared on that list and on the suicide list, that was one. Now, the first thing is, they're not recording veteran suicides, the coroners, and it's five, over the last five, five years, it's been five veterans have died to everyone serving. Mm-hmm. So in my brain, it goes, well, then the figures are five times larger than they're making out because they haven't got the veterans' figures. There are a few, but there aren't many. Also... You know, it's it it's com- completely turning his what their outcome upside down, and that's why they've got it wrong. The other thing is, if you speak to um, Nathan Huntstad, he'll tell you it took him three years to get a verdict from the um, coroner. So there's all these people that are out there that have lost sons and daughters, mums and dads, whatever, waiting for three years for an outcome and a lot of the times they don't record suicide they'll say accidental death if there's any doubt whatsoever it won't be put down as suicide yet we know from talking to the guys who serve with these people or even the family on most occasions oh yeah he was in the woods and he was hanging now that i don't need to be told and, and we shouldn't have into the debate the fact that that's suicide 
But because of the sad situation we're in, we've got to. We've actually got to look at every single one of them and say, yeah, that was a suicide. The word suicide is just taboo. And it, yeah. and it, it, but to, to do it that basically and then hang your hat on that that is actual factual, that's what the government's going to quote for the next 20 years. We did a study with Manchester University and this was their outcome. Very similar to one that happened 20 years before. Jeff, it's criminal, but, you know, I've never voted. When I came of age to vote, I was already old enough to realise it's a, excuse my French, it's all a crock of shit, right? These are just puppets for their, you know, elitist masters, although elite's not an appropriate, <laughs> appropriate description. We just look at the last two and a half years, the, the fiasco, locking people in their homes, um, people losing their jobs just because they chose their, you know, they they chose a health option that wasn't the one that the government wanted them to do. And now we're seeing an awful fallout from the last three years in terms of people like literally hitting the pavement. And uh, I don't see any resolution to any of this until people start taking charge of their own personal power instead of giving it away to these corrupt and phony um, people that they perceive look out for their welfare when in reality they they look after the you know the the trillion dollar bank accounts of big pharmaceutical companies and and the military industrial complex etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, I'm saying this because I'm tempted to say to you, Jeff, what can we do about it? But I, 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 I'd feel disingenuous because I know until people take back their power and stop going down that stupid voting booth thinking if you vote red this year, oh, job's going to be a good one. And then you realise, oh, actually, and then, oh, you vote blue the next year. It's it's all, oh, no, that, that should I go red or blue? You, you know, what an utter... What an utter crock. I would like to see, uh, well, you know, we saw one investigation in, into um, Blair and his Iraq, you know, taking us into Iraq and what a whitewash that was. Guys still walking around scot-free. Obviously, we've not seen a single investigation into those events in New York and Washington 20 years ago uh, and who was behind it. The reason we didn't is George Bush declared it an act of war. Right. That cuts off any uh, under, you know, U.S. Congress or whatever the term is that cuts off any. And so we saw no air crash investigations, no forensic investigation, no criminal investigation. But CNN told us it was a guy in a cave that single handedly brought down the whole of the USA, USA. I'm saying this, Jeff, not to sound bitter or anything. I've made my peace with all this. I live a spiritual life, and uh, that's why I wake up every day in paradise, even when I have challenges. And we we chatted about my challenges earlier, right? Yeah. And all I can do is encourage other people to follow that path and and um, find your place in this universe and not seek your identity and what you did in the military when you was 18, because that's, that's a rocky road, not to go and vote because all they want to do is put your kids in slavery and they're doing a bloody good job. They actually managed to lock the whole planet in their houses 
for the best part of two years. <laughs> That's I call that a very good psyop, right? Um, unless, but but. Is there anything we can say, Jeff, in, you know, that's not as dramatic as what I've just said, that obviously we always say if you're a veteran out there or a serving member of the forces and you're struggling, you have to reach out. Okay. Yeah, you are massively loved. You just don't realize it. You are incredibly worthy. You've done amazing things. You passed all your training, you know, for a start. Life can seem heavy at times, Jeff, can't it? You know? It can. And I think one thing that, you see, what we tried to do was put some answers on the table because I don't want to be a person that's trying to, like say, shoot Johnny Bertha down. Mm-hmm. We've thought long and hard. We've debated it with many other groups. And what's, what's coming out plain and clear is the best route of action is veterans looking after veterans. Yeah. Because we can't, we can't rely on any support um it's just not it's just, just not been forthcoming um i was speak, just giving an example i mean pride gets in the way chris massively i was speaking to royal marine's wife yesterday and she was begging me to take on and chat to her husband who was in total denial he knew he was poorly but he was not willing one to say i'm struggling because you can't help anybody if they don't go I'm struggling, Jeff. I need some assistance. We can point me in the right direction. But it, 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 his pride was getting in the way. I'm a raw man. I should be able to cope with this. I'm a paratrooper. I should be able to cope with this. No, you've got no divine right to be able to cope with a situation that's a mental health issue that's been brought on mainly, I say mainly loosely, through service, um, service life. There are many where it's far more complicated than that goes back to childhood traumas and loads of different things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we until you acknowledge that you've got an issue, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And the problem we've got, Chris, is once you your um, usefulness as a serving person, um, probably better, you know, use, you, use myself as an example. Once I left the military and marched out the gate, that was it. I, I didn't exist unless I made the effort to to go back into the camp and all the rest of it. Um, and what we need, what we need, is the several things that interlinked with that. I think what needs to happen is instead of saying bye bye, see you later, what we need to be doing is getting those veterans, maybe mentoring a young person that's coming through training or something like that, because we lose so much experience every time anyone goes outside and it's lost. Um, and I think that if not everybody, but there are people out there, they've got a lot to give and they could help the youngsters. Because if you think about it, Chris, it takes nine months to train a Royal Marine. It's less for the army and, and whatever, but you don't get that time to then reconvert into a civilian. Mm. And it's always been a, a bone of contention of, of mine. Um, Afghanistan, the figures for the people that left the military and fell through the net because there wasn't a net in place, every single person that lives with a mental health issue, that should be documented and that should be on a database and you should be regularly checked to make sure you're moving in the right direction. But what happens 
is you come out and you just you go wherever your family if you've got if you're lucky enough to have a family you go to your family if you're not lucky enough to go to your family you end up in in some council flat somewhere drinking yourself stupid and then it ended up what i call slow suicide you know people drinking themselves to death which i call slow suicide mm. uh, we don't keep those statistics there's people then they get involved in criminal activities um, and again if you speak to many people many people work in this arena um, the amount of military that are in uh, incarcerated for whatever reason so all these people are slipping into the net um, and we've got to find a way of, of catching them and getting them into the into the community into the veterans community and help them because there's loads and loads of help um, there's so many groups out there doing sterling work doing work actually that the government should be doing but you know we've recognized there's a problem we screamed and shouted about it probably made ourselves unpopular in some quarters but the bottom line is it's the truth mm. and until we embrace that truth we're going to be in a situation that we're currently in where we're losing uh in excess of 86 per year i'm going to say one thing though chris because i'm going to send you the figures obviously afterwards but last year it was the hardest year to record the figures because i don't know whether people are, are fed up with it um but hopefully it's right there was only 52 last year still a massive number but when you've been dealing in the 80s it's, it's a substantial drop however i don't want to get too excited because again the experts tell me the PTSD normally takes between five and seven years to manifest. So it could quite easily go off off the scale again mm. until we get the mental health um, provision, the support, the um, the means of, of, of dealing with the, the epidemic that's currently existing. Um, these numbers are going to stay where they are. Yeah. And one other thing to, we need to add is... Uh, the military have never recognised the fact that a significant percentage, and I mean, I mean, you know, could could even be over fifty percent uh, of people that join are traumatised from childhood. You know, yeah. whole reason a lot of us join was to prove ourselves to a family that you know threw us out. In my case, threw me out on the street at fifteen. Um, and then again at 17, I was living in, in a Renault 12 where, when I went to the recruiting office. Yeah. Um, and this has never been never been acknowledged. Uh, the, there's something interesting in that report that said soldiers that have served for less than 10 years, by soldiers I mean service personnel, um, are more likely to take their own life. And I find that fascinating because I think people that have had traumatic childhoods grow up very questioning of things. And more, I think a lot of people are like me in the military. We did our time, you know, I, I saw active service. I went up there to Norway, you know, all this stuff, Jeff, I, I had ap absolutely incredible experience. And I thought, right, that's enough for me now. This isn't, you know, this is not, I, I think uh, you start to see the bullshit about a lot of stuff. Yeah. You start to see so-called elite, servicemen that actually they're only still serving because they're scared to leave um you start to see people that will shit on you from a great height just to protect their rank etc and for people of that questioning nature 
that you get when you're a troubled youngster they go right this is it now I've, I've, I've seen enough but of course those leave this type of person that's leaving is then also predisposed to have this childhood trauma go what and cat and catch up with you and if you've got a catalyst like losing a a, a buddy in combat or, or you know some unpleasant experiences that you know that that's the thing that sort of th- can really throw throw you know yeah, that and the identity issue can really there's a lot of work to be done jeff there's a lot of work to be done but um i'm just going to say thank you very much for coming on the show again jeff always a pleasure um it's just even though there's no phrase there's no easy way out of this until we stop war right the most emails i get now is from young men saying chris i really wanted to join the royal marines but looking at the last 20 years i can't do it in all sincerity and of course i got sent a statistic yesterday we've sent as an impoverished nation because that's what we are we can't afford to heat our elderly people now the roads are in a mess i could go on we've sent 110 billion to ukraine that's your money jeff and mine right that should be for looking after ourselves and our, our families and, and they've sent an ex that that's just to ukraine to fund the country we sent another 10 billion to fund this this ridiculous fabricated proxy war um for the new world order and until people wake up and see it's all a load of horseshit folks you know you're not joining for freedom i i, I wish i could didn't have to say it. you ain't joining for freedom and democracy you're joining now to serve the military industrial complex and keep humanity under uh, you know behind invisible bars um so i i just think jeff you know there is that's if we keep going the old school and keep calling every serviceman a hero and we're fucking deluded we're just deluded and it's a shame i know i you know i was one of the proudest things in my life was to join the corps or always will be you know always will be but i see the lads now and i get you know can we say some uh intelligence and it's yeah you know, i hate to say it but real men don't wear masks folks <laughs> they just fucking don't they read no. books and they learn stuff they learn the nature of ill health they don't ugh disappointing jeff very disappointing but anyway i love you brother you're an absolute legend jeff stay on the line so i can thank you properly friends at home i uh hope this just brings the issue out that's that's all we can really do isn't it if you could like and subscribe share the podcast get this message out there whatever your view of uh, of of uh, you know military veterans whatever um we need to highlight that the government just lets us down, don't they? Time and time again. Um, I mean, it's kind of like their job, but much love. Thank you. Yeah. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username, Chris Thrall. Instagram, Chris.Thrall. Thank you.